Imagine how it would feel to go into labor confident that it's going to be a calm and beautiful process. Hi, I'm Steph, and this is the Original Design Podcast. Wherever you plan to birth, this podcast can help you prepare more deeply for your labor. In each episode, you'll hear uplifting birth stories from amazing women. When they share their stories, you witness through your mirror neurons on a subconscious level that your authentic desires for birth are possible too. And it builds faith, especially when they share about their upbringing and any obstacles that they overcame along the way. So by tuning into this podcast, you're expanding your belief in your ability to birth. And by pressing play, you've already started the process of living out your original design. If you enjoy this episode, please take a moment to leave a review, comment, and share it with a friend that's struggling or could really benefit from the information you're about to hear. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Original Design Podcast. I'm here to talk today about River's birth. He just turned three months old, so we're going to get into it. I'm so excited for you to just comprehend how much that the birth that you want to have is possible. You can absolutely have the birth you want. It is, it's yours. It is so available to you. And um, so I'm just really believing that this story will just help you realize how much you're made to birth. Um, In this episode, we're going to talk about um, my home birth with River. We're going to talk about birthing into water, talk about what I did through labor to help with comfort, what I did, um, exercises I did. Um, in pregnancy to help with comfort and alignment talk a bit about postpartum how I rested afterwards Um, so we've got a whole bunch to talk through so let's get started whoa I'm ready Um, so I found out when I was two months pregnant um, that I was going to be having another baby it was the middle of last year and it was very exciting um, we didn't we didn't plan it we kept our hands open as we normally do and just let that baby come when it wanted to come and just believing that um, yeah that God would just do what he does so we um, found out we were pregnant super excited didn't know it was a boy just knew we were having a baby um, I tend to just cruise through pregnancy and just always having the mindset that this is normal life this is normal Um, it's such a normal occurrence and just living my normal life and without the expectation that i need to push that i need to do more be more so just having the balance of this is normal life but also um, my body is doing things that it is made to do but it is another level of mystery and i can just let myself um, flow like i'm in a boat just going down a a beautiful river like I can just cruise 
and um, trust that everything's working as normal but not push too hard and just know when I need to rest. I remember there was a few days there where um, Willow was, obviously she was, you know, under two at the time and she'd be wanting to like tear around, you know, playing as, as you'd expect and I'd just be like, Willow, let's have a four hour nap today. Like, <laughs> I was just pretty, pretty exhausted. But um, yeah, so heading through pregnancy, I have two things in my mind, comfort and alignment, and both of them are interconnected. So alignment brings comfort. Um, alignment is about, um, it's about posture, it's about um, your core and your back and all of these things and muscles and ligaments, all just um, being able to kind of be just where they need to be and getting help that you need in order to keep that alignment happening. So I have a Cairo that I go to. Anyone in Brisbane, message me and I'll send you the details. She is brilliant. And I, I would go to her and she would just provide me with an adjustment for my back and just help with that comfort. So alignment always brings comfort. Um, and similarly, there's three different types of exercises. Um, they're on the Spinning Babies website. Um, rebozo sifting and um, forward leaning inversion and side lying release and these are three different things to bring comfort to the mother and also bring alignment so I started doing those from about 30 or oh, actually about 20 weeks 20 20 to 30 weeks and just every pretty much every day every second day and um, yeah both of uh, both of the Cairo and the exercises combined are the just in my opinion the perfect way to get into alignment and alignment matters because um, your alignment um, actually transfers through to the shape of your womb and the ligaments that hold your baby in the womb um, and all of those things um, have to cooperate together when your baby is ready to emerge um, and come through the birth canal so it's all ligaments it's all fascia it's all muscles that um hold your baby secure and then um, bring them out into the world and um, having everything into alignment and strong but supple is just perfect um the three spinning babies exercises um so rebozo sifting forward leaning inversion and sideline release um yeah check it out on the spinning babies website um if you want, message me and I can send you details as well about those. Um, I might even do a little video of my own, but um, they are seriously incredible for getting your baby into a position that's optimal for birth. Um, so yeah, really cool exercises. I did those through pregnancy and that was just awesome. Um, I also mentally was preparing. I was um, believing that I would just have an, an, an effortless birth, birth without any fear, a birth that was enjoyable. Um, towards the end of my pregnancy, I started um, researching some pretty hardcore stuff <laughs> about people that um, do things that are painful or supposedly painful, but without their brain interpreting the message as painful. So my super meta question that I was asking was, um, is pain really pain if it's not painful? <laughs> I think I might need to do a, um, an article on that, but um, I've actually started one, but maybe I need to finish it. <laughs> 
Like, isn't it true? It's like, well, what, what do you call pain if it's not painful? Like people always ask me, you know, oh, was your birth painful? It's like, that is just such a difficult question to ask because is pain really pain if it doesn't feel like pain? <laughs> Anyways, so uh, I started researching that stuff and I was just determined to experiment with the idea of allowing this experience so so deeply just allowing it that it would turn from being a discomfort to a comfort that i would somehow be able to withstand this in a way that it would feel good <laughs> so that was my radical mindset to um to start me off um on this labor journey and yeah so so let's just cut straight to um pre-labor so i was excited i this time around i had much more of a sense that i was gonna have a baby in my arms after this after this birth um and having that to really focus on was was really cool it was awesome um so i started going into labor one afternoon i was laying in my bed resting i knew this time that man i was gonna rest i was gonna rest good <laughs> Um, and I just was laying in my bed I had the blind open and it's pretty much the exact same view that I can see right now um, while I'm recording this and it's tall tall gum trees skinny trunks beautiful leaves blue sky and just swaying in the breeze and it was late afternoon the sun golden sun was pouring in and I just was feeling so good and I was looking at my stomach looking at my belly and just going, oh, I love this. I love this. I look amazing. Look at me. I look amazing. Look how fierce I look. Look how beautiful I look. And I just felt so beautiful. And uh, and I just started feeling these, um, these contractions and um, surges. And I started timing them because I was so excited. <laughs> and I... I um, discovered that they were regular. They were five minutes apart, one minute, pretty much 60 seconds long. And I'll just take a drink. And um, I was so excited and I started picturing in my mind a bell curve, um, kind of like the shape of a roller coaster. And I just would, as I could feel the sensation, I would literally just in my mind measure. And I would just be like, just going yep up 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 and then i'd feel it reach the peak and i'd be like yep and now it's releasing now it's releasing and every time i would just focus on that i'd focus on the sensation i had a little bit of music playing um i'm not i've discovered i'm not really one for music when labor gets more intense i prefer silence some people love music um yeah so at this time my baby was posterior um, which means that baby's back is um is against my back and this is this is a valid position i don't know how else to say it um some people get really uh, i guess uh probably fearful yeah fearful and anxious about the idea that they're gonna have a baby that's posterior or that's breech like anything other than you know the atypical um um left anterior position um you know they get a bit like oh no what's gonna happen it's like actually both of my babies have been posterior and it can be more of a wild ride, you might say, but it's it's incredible. It's totally doable. Um, like typically, there can be 
you know, more pain involved or more, you know, the potential for more pain. That's what people say, like backache and stuff. But I've heard all sorts of stories. People, pain is subjective. I just want to like put that out there. It's like pain is subjective. It is, it's not a fixed thing. It is, um, it is, it can just be changed. It's based on interpretation, you know, like, um, and there are things that can alter your perception of pain. So I might talk in another video a little bit more about that, that side of thing. But, um, yeah, so baby was posterior and I just, in my mind, I kept, kept along that bell curve. Every time a surge would come, I just, in my mind, I would visualize a bell curve and I would walk pretty much just see the surge, just move along that bell curve and then release. And then during the break, I would just deeply rest. And I did that. Uh, that went for probably an hour or so, I think. And then I decided to have a sleep. And I slept for a few hours. Um, and after that, things started to pick up a little bit more. It was dark. Uh, it was winter. So it got dark pretty early. And I had so much anticipation. Like, I didn't have anxiety, but I had like the opposite but on the positive spectrum like an anticipation in my bones almost like in my body i could just feel it this anticipation of like i am excited to do this like a little bit of an adrenaline but not so much that it was um interfering with the endorphins kind of being able to kick in but just like that just that knowing that this is happening um and so i kept laboring um this time around i put uh, a thing called a TENS machine on my lower back um, and that machine is basically it, it does electromagnetic um, pulses um, and it helps to cut off any signals from the lower back to the brain so I found that incredible that was my that was my um, you know like secret tool I just I loved having that. Um, so it has different intensities and it's just a very simple device. But what it helped me do, alongside the fact that it itself provides um, electromagnetic pulses, it also just gave me something to focus on really through the experience of the surge. So I was um, experiencing tension um, in my lower back because of the posterior position and the front. So kind of like a ring around my lower abdomen. And every time a surge would come, um, you, you press the, there's a boost button on the TENS machine. And it's not like boost and then clench everything together. It's the opposite. It's boost and then breathe, breathe so deeply, so deeply, so deeply. And then surge moves past and then you rest, rest, rest. So yeah, basically I did that. Um, the labor was about six hours and I, um, was incredibly focused the whole time incredibly focused and positive in my mind i knew that my baby was coming and i let i, I was um singing um i was just like singing at times singing in tongues i was just like i was doing things i was doing a bit of chanting later on in the thing and in my mind i just was like i am doing this i'm doing this and not in like a forceful, stubborn, like, I am, I'm going to do this. It's like, it's just a very gentle, like, I am doing this. Keeping just, yeah, just keeping so, um, 
so positive. Um, and I wasn't trying to keep positive. Like there's a difference between trying and pushing towards trying to do something and just effortlessly being in it. Just like I am doing this. Um, the whole time, I'll just give you some context. So it's dark, it's winter, it's cold. We've got the heater on. Our house is completely low lit. So we didn't have, I don't think we had, we had one small warm lamp, like light lamp on. And then we had one other light on in the kitchen that was a very low lighting. And the whole house was dark and it was warm. I was walking around in just my undies and a loose shirt no bra and just like very loose very chill um, and it was just me and James Willow was um, having a sleepover with her nana and pop and um, it was just me and I would lay on the bed a lot of the time on my side um, and then sometimes I'd walk around I'd try and find another position that I felt was more comfortable um, that sort of thing and then um, after um, when I was about halfway through the labor I decided to call my midwife um, Meanwhile, the birth pool is already set up in our bathroom. So we managed to squish this beautiful um, pumped up birth, birth pool into, into our bathroom. And um, so it wasn't full. It was just there, ready to go. Um, so we called my midwife. She came, um, checked me. And uh, she, when I say checked me, she, um, I actually never have internal examinations. I know that's quite routine in hospitals. And, um, but I actually have never had one of those during labor just not something that I've done um, so she what she did to check how far along I was um, she she felt my abdomen through the contraction and she's a very experienced midwife so she can understand from that um, approximately where the baby is um, and so what she said is keep doing what you're doing I'm just gonna stay out here and rest it was about 1 a.m. at that point so she lay down on the couch and had a little snooze and um, James and I lay in the bedroom and just were being cozy you know we cocooned in there um i'm just one of the most important things that i think just cannot be underscored enough is how birth needs to be done in a way that the mother and her hormones are not disturbed so disturbance can come through um like a whole bunch of things i don't want to talk about what can bring disturbance i want to talk about what keeps things undisturbed um so when you think about the type of place that you'd want to have um, a beautiful, intimate um, lovemaking encounter, you know, where would you want to do that? Um, what would you want the vibe to be like with your husband or your wife? Um, that's the kind of space that birth needs to happen into. It just it's the perfect place. It's like it just needs to be a cocoon. It needs to be warm. It needs to be cozy and it needs to feel intimate and um, and just like the same way that if you want to feel like pleasure in a sexual encounter if you want to enjoy that there has to be privacy there has to be like a sense of i'm not going to be interrupted you know how like yeah you just have to as a woman like in your mind be able to shut off and go i'm safe i'm so safe right now no one's going to come in no one's going to randomly barge in and interrupt me you know um that's what you know like i can just picture a whole bunch of movies you know where the joke of the movie is that the people are getting it on and someone comes in and interrupts them you know halfway through and it's like that's the awkward moment it's because it's the same with birth it's like that's the awkward moment you don't want you don't want to be interrupted while you're in the flow so um yeah so 
the, the cool thing about labor is that your your hormones are building 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 up to the climax of giving birth so um especially in early labor it's really important to be able to let your hormones um do what they need to do so that you get an endorphin um your endorphins are building at the exact same pace as the intensity of your labor um it's so important because otherwise you get to birth and there's a hormone gap um there's a gap between where your hormones need to be in order to um help you feel that ecstasy um you know that's why it's really important um yeah, in, especially in early labor to be cocooned and undisturbed um i don't believe that everyone needs to birth at home i love home birth i think a lot more people should consider home birth i think it's a beautiful option um and like yeah just heaps more people should do it it would take such a load off the healthcare system it would mean lower cesarean rates it would mean a whole bunch of things but i also don't believe everyone needs to do it um so if you're planning a hospital birth you know amen you're going to do great it's going to be awesome um but think about ways to be undisturbed in a hospital setting so it might mean an eye mask it might mean making sure that the hosp- that the room is low lit i actually have never been to a hospital um birthing suite i just never have been so i don't even know what it's like i've heard um you know obviously different stories but i've never seen it with my own eyes so yeah low light um take your own himalayan salt lamp you know to get that moody vibe um take your own pillow so you have that scent and just maybe bury your head in the pillow um so you have that scent there with you take a blanket that you love that's cozy um take your own clothes um go into a birthing pool um so that you can feel like you're enclosed and you're safe in a place and no one can um no one can interrupt you in that place um go in you know you may end up giving birth in the toilet um or not in the toilet but in the toilet like whatever you call it a little little room um or in the shower because those places are smaller um i've heard so many people say that they given birth on the toilet in the toilet cubicle or in the shower so um there are options for you absolutely um don't think that you are going to be any worse off if you need to or want to give birth in hospital um anyways back to what I'm back to a river's birth so yeah laboring um i did some standing and i was holding onto the side of um a door frame and just leaning my weight down 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 through a surge that felt so good i've never i'd never did that in willow's birth but actually standing and let gravity do its thing was amazing gravity is our friend hey we can walk if if it's never about like exhausting yourself like rest i would say first of all just rest on your bed but if that isn't working for you then get up and use gravity um there's there's options um yeah so we did that we did all of that and just kept going and then i found myself um needing to go to the bathroom and i kept doing that through through labor that is really important even if you don't feel like it just keep going keep drinking heaps of water through labor um that will just help so much as well um to get things moving um if you feel like you need to um do a poo like just go to the toilet it's probably not but that means you're getting closer to actual labor but if you do then yeah just do that um sometimes sitting on the toilet can help because it it reminds you of the feeling of just letting go of your pelvic floor um which we're probably not as used to doing i guess in just in normal day life um yeah and then i found myself um just 
just wanting to like start making noise so in willow's birth i absolutely made noise and um yeah river's birth i was silent i was just silently moving with the surges until a point and then i was like yeah okay this is happening i need to make some noise now this is getting to a stage where making noise helps me move through the surge and when i say noise it's not like don't picture hollywood movie someone pushing on a bed with their legs up in stirrups like that's just gross like picture someone pretty much just um making some real low ooh noises um that's more what we're talking so um I started just making really low, like just the lowest noise you can do, just um, letting it kind of resonate down into your lower body, into your pelvic floor. And I did that for a few minutes, then I decided it's time to get in the bath, into the birthing pool. Uh, meanwhile, through the labor, um, James was actually, he, he moved away for a little minute and started getting the pool ready, filling it up with warm water and um all we needed for that was we borrowed the birthing pool from our midwife uh, private practice then they put a plastic insert into it which you use to make it hygiene um uh, clean and hygienic um then you get a tube and you just basically fill from your tap into it um, with hot water get it up to a certain level then i decided to jump in and by this point um i can honestly say that i believed i could do it I was doing it and I knew I was doing it and I was doing so good and um, this was the transition I felt it happen and in my mind it was the first moment where I thought can I do this and that is just a telltale sign of transition Um, okay I'm back baby is fed so I'm in transition I'm in the um, bathing pool in our bathroom um, James is there in front of me I'm leaning over the water is warm I had to take off the tens machine to get in the water <clears throat> so it feels different it's the first time that I've felt this sensation of not having the tens machine um, <clears throat> all throughout labor and I can so I can feel more all around and I hit this point of transition where I'm like oh can I do this am I what's happening how close am I am I still ages away like all of those thoughts um, crept in and my my ooing went from a low to like a like that kind of thing and so that is the perfect time so pretty much the only time when I need support during labor is that exact moment and that is the reason that right there the transition is the point when you need your crew around you so you are made to labor your body is abs- it's doing it it's doing everything it needs to do so the reason i think you need someone like a midwife and husband partner doula all those people <clears throat> is to check that everything's going normally as it should which it will and then if you res- if you get to a point of transition where things are intense and you start having those thoughts come into your mind can i do this um, first of all, it's it's obviously it's a lie because you are doing it. That's the truth. Your body is doing it. You are doing it. You're partnering with the process. You're doing everything you need to do. Um, but if that thought comes, it's okay. Um, you just need to. That is the perfect time for your support people <clears throat> to come in. And if they are experienced, they'll know 
um, how to support you in that moment. Um, and yeah, so that was the moment where James started <clears throat> really being able to use his words to encourage me. Um, you're doing it, you know, that kind of thing. And that passed really quickly. And then I started feeling the baby was really getting low. Like when I say low, it feels like you're doing a bowel movement. Like it's, you can feel there's pressing, there's opening, there's an intensity. And the whole time I'm just making those noises, low noises through each one. And then all of a sudden I can reach down and I can feel the head. And for me, I didn't do this with Willow for some reason. I just was so focused. I was in another world entirely. Um, and I just felt down and started feeling the head. And that, man, that got me so excited. I was like, whoa, this is real. This is the real deal. So I didn't actually see it with a mirror. That was my aim. I wanted to actually look and watch the head come out and just see how massive my my um, my body could go and just how huge I could get. But I didn't get to see it this time because I was in water. I could feel it though and it was awesome. I could feel there was hair on this baby's head. I was like, what the heck? So um, the next probably 15 minutes was just the baby coming baby coming out. So um, there's a natural process where the baby go, come through a contraction, it comes out a little bit, goes back in, comes back out. And it just is slowly stretching the perineum. And that is super normal. So that's what happened for me. Um, and then the baby's head came out and um it's just amazing how your body can do it it's a head but it can fit it is crazy i just it's like it's crazy but it can fit it absolutely can fit gosh i don't know how to say that it's just funny so the baby's head comes out then the shoulders um, so then it turns, um, the baby naturally turns itself um, in order for then the shoulders to fit out. It's like a keyhole, like I said before. And I had to ask, I was like, I asked my midwife, I was like, are you doing that? Are you touching? What are you, t what are you doing? And she, she warned me of this, you know, her women always ask her during labor, like, are you turning? Are you doing anything to the baby? And she's like, no, my hands aren't touching the baby. I'm not doing anything. But it just feels so strange to have... <clears throat> the baby turn inside you like anyway so the baby turns um its shoulders get in the position so it can fit easily out yeah and then um river was river was born so he was born into the water um just on sunrise about 6 a.m winter's morning totally dark in this um in this birthing pool in this bathroom and i just was smiling and I was just like had my eyes closed leaning back on the pool just going like whoa I did it um and then slowly I just brought yeah but not slowly but yeah just got my baby brought brought him up onto my chest and um he was coated like absolutely slathered in butter in vernix it was like someone had got a whole whole gigantic jar of butter and just slapped him all in it he was covered in vernix so much so that the pool it was like shaving cream like was floating in the pool it was hectic considering that he was a he was uh 41 weeks i think around about 41 weeks um 
normally the vernix is like disappeared by that point you know but i just believe that babies they come out when they need to so letting um you yourself go into labor spontaneously is so important because yeah we might say that 40 weeks is full term but your baby and the lord knows when your baby's ready so um you know like even though he was 40 weeks he still had all this vernix on him so we started just holding him and um just rubbing the vernix um, onto him a little bit and just enjoying the moment turned him over saw he was a boy just got so excited the whole time i'm just getting rushed with like just the wildest hit of ecstasy looking at james just smiling just like enthralled by the moment and just so relieved and just such a relief that oh this is happening it's done and um yeah so stayed in there for a little bit longer then the um i <laughs> was trying to get out of the birthing pool because it's quite high um and obviously i'm pretty tall my legs are pretty tall so you can i can just easily stretch over over the top but because he was so slippery with all the vernix on him i just <laughs> i was like james you got him like he was also he was four kilos so he wasn't you know he wasn't super light he, he wasn't as heavy as as willow it was like 4.7 kilos so he was four kilos and i'm trying to carry him and i'm like oh he's so slippery he's slipping out of my hands like butter um in my hands but anyways i got out safely got out of the bath and then um my midwives you know wrapped towels around me and and everyone just helped me um walk down the short hallway um into the bed that we prepared um on the floor and it was already set with um waterproof sheets so it didn't stain the actual bed itself and we just prepared sheets that we could just throw out later and we also prepared the ground and the carpet with um, a layer of um, uh, tarp and then towels and sheets on top of the tarp yeah so made our way back to the bed just um, and the placenta was born um, and they, they check the placenta to make sure that it's a full placenta because you don't want anything to be left. You want to make sure it's all come away from the wall properly. Um, then River's resting on me um, and we help him breastfeed um, for the first time, um, which was beautiful. And I, lay, I was laying down on, on my back and he was laying across me and just feeding on top of me. And he, amazing. He just came out of the womb, but, you know, the head strength and the... The ability to be able to bobble his head and still find my breast and it's just like insane it's amazing so um we had gosh the most beautiful time and <clears throat> there's so many little moments of detail that i could just go into but um i think i'm just going to give an overview for now and maybe in future videos i might um videos on on instagram or another podcast i can go into more detail but um <clears throat> yeah so we're there james is lying next to me and we just rest and we're just looking at our baby and just that moment and that that hour after birth is just as important as everything that's led up to that point just as important as the moment when the baby emerges maybe more important you know that's that's the hour when you fall in love with your baby when you have eye to eye contact when you smell your baby when you get addicted to that smell like there's a smell and you can smell it it's if on their head and on their hair which is going to be close to your nose and it just it's that just luxurious smell of your newborn baby you know and they're going to have a certain smell it's going to be the best and 
um so i was laying down and just enjoying that time and then when you know when they when they were ready uh, i think after a probably good maybe 45 minutes or something of just enjoying the baby then my midwives came and they checked me so that is the only time when i have um examinations where they actually check to see if there's been any tears or anything and i didn't tear at all um they call it grazing so just like just the just very very light grazing which is super normal and it just didn't it just didn't didn't hurt you know it's like they're just checking so they check look inside and everything looked good um and then what they do is they also massage my abdomen um just to massage and just check the blood um loss so the placenta comes away from the wall and there's an open space and so then the afterbirth is the contractions that then bring the uterus back down to you know the size of your fist or smaller so it's going to be you know it's big and then it has to go back down so they're checking to, to check the blood flow and to check how am i going um so if you lose uh more than 500 milliliters um it's considered a hemorrhage um and the cool thing is that your body just has so many mechanisms in place so that that doesn't happen um the endorphins and the oxytocin that's flowing through you as you look at your baby and get in and fall in love with them is the same um hormone that's going to allow your body to contract back down and to stop the blood flow it's really smart the way that it works um yeah so we so my midwives are doing that and yeah i'll just clarify as well the reason to have someone support you for birth is during that transition point it's important during the birth itself and just after the baby's born so just to check the baby can breathe easily that you know that that yeah that all of the, it's taking its first breath and all of those things and then also after birth to help you to check you to make sure your blood loss is good to uh, make sure that your perineum's intact all that stuff they're the moments when it's when they when you need support and when support is so so useful it's like they're your it's like they're your the way that it feels is it feels like pure nurture so the way that you could have picture a mother or a grandmother tending to you it feels the same way it's like this tenderness and um nurture that is it's like so so it feels so beautiful once you're just there with your baby and to have someone tending to you is like it's such a gift so even if it's expensive to have your own private midwives you know depending on which state um, or country you're birthing in i just believe it's so worthwhile um especially for that afterbirth time as well um so throughout the whole labor i didn't have any um drugs i didn't have anything um with my labor with willow i had sterile water injections into my lower back which really was really great it's literally just water like plain water except um just obviously sterile like um special hospital grade or whatever and they just inject it into your sacrum and that cuts off the pain messages into the brain um that was really great i loved that feels like a bee sting when it's in um and then it take, cuts off the pain for up to a few hours. I loved that, but I didn't do that this time because I had the TENS machine. So yeah, throughout labor, I didn't have any drugs. Um, 
I didn't need them because my endorphins were doing it, you know. Um, but um, afterwards, um, my midwife was um, she she was conscious that I'm a small person and that depending on how much blood you lose and depending on your body size like someone can lose 200 mils and be like fully lightheaded and just like whoa I'm like I'm about to faint here you know and someone could lose 600 mils and be like totally fine <clears throat> depending on how big you are and how like how much blood volume you have so because I'm smaller she was like yeah okay you've lost a bit of blood here and I think I think right now is the good time to give you um, a um, Pitocin shot which is synthetic oxytocin and that will just speed up the um, the process of um, just closing all the blood vessels so that you um, lowers your risk of hemorrhage so that was really cool she did that that didn't hurt at all and I was really glad she did that and she made the call she asked me and she didn't she's always respectful and she said hey like this is my opinion this is what I think we should do are you comfortable with that what do you think and she gives me the choice it's always my choice and and then I felt like it was wisdom to say yes absolutely I trust your judgment and we have that trust in our relationship that I think if you believe that's the right thing to do then I'm absolutely going to trust you with that so um I just agreed to that and then um and and that was that I had my beautiful baby I um I felt weak like I just won a marathon but I felt good um I felt yeah amazingly like not that sore like I just I was tired but I was on a high it's such a crazy experience and um yeah so fast forward um a few days postpartum I stayed in bed for the f literally did not leave the bed unless to have a very brief shower or go to the bathroom I literally lay in bed fully in bed <laughs> for two and a half days did not move everyone brought me every single thing every drink every f piece of food every maternity pad every <laughs> everything I needed I just lay in bed um, my milk came in really early it came in maybe a, only a day and a half after giving birth sometimes it can take people a few days but so I um each day I would have a visit from my midwife and she'd check on me see how I was going and by two and a half days later I felt good so I went and sat out in the lounge room and had my lunch out there with my mom and my husband and um, I just took it so easy I just knew this time I was gonna receive as much support as people wanted to offer and my mom helped me she brought fresh fresh fruit and veggies and meals um, every few days and James took care of Willow all the time and just allowed me to bond with River and it was it was so great um, so postpartum I think <clears throat> having all all of your needs cared for is not too much to ask um you have done something incredible and you've done something for nine months and then overnight your body has changed and you're now not pregnant anymore and you've got this new person and you guys are just getting to know each other and it is okay for you to drop everything else and forget about the rest of the world and just be you and your baby <clears throat> Everything else can wait. 
everything else can wait um you don't need to feel bad about putting up boundaries and saying that you just need some time with your baby i know this is hard i know that lots of people hearing that are going to say oh but how do i say no to my great grandma and my auntie sue and you know but it's like you won't regret you won't regret saying no you can do it in kindness and you can say um i love you um i would welcome meals from you um i would welcome a box of fresh fruit and veggies um i would welcome maternity pads and (laughs) coconut water and um ice cream or whatever you know i would welcome those things um just to be delivered to my house um but i'm gonna just be with my baby for the first week or however long you need and i'll be having some visitors you know after a few days or whatever you decide's right for you um i ended up having my family over on the weekend after river was born so i think he was born on like a wednesday or tuesday and so I think I had them over on the Sunday. And, um, yeah, and I just got to share him with my family. Um, so I think that's pretty much the journey that I wanted to share. Um, yeah. You are in tune with your body. You are the one that's walking in your body. Um, your body is has been created to be able to serve you and it's serving you by hosting this beautiful baby that you've got you know or if you're a father listening to this you know your wife um and i'm just excited to hear stories of beautiful births that come from just you believing that you can do this and um so thanks so much for listening to river's story um, he is a he's a beautiful human and I am I just love him and the last three questions I'm gonna ask myself an answer uh, which we ask all the guests um, the first one is what product have you loved and uh, this time I want to talk about reusable washable uh, breast um, nursing pads so my mom bought me these uh, they're bamboo super soft and you just like slip them into your um into your top into your singlet or into your bra and they're just really soft and beautiful and really helpful for when you're like leaking in those first few weeks or some people leak for like months <laughs> but for me it's just usually the first few weeks um i would just totally recommend buying them for a friend or for yourself and pretty much every single guest mentions this but a baby carrier it's like i can't go past ergo baby carrier they're so ergo is for ergonomic and they're so good for like i wear river in the ergo every single day at least at some point every single day sometimes for up to like maybe four hours a day um and or more i don't even know i've never calculated but they're just the best so i don't i'm not like an affiliate i don't get money from telling you that i love their products but they're really good i would definitely recommend getting an ergo baby carrier i've also heard that tula is good um as far as just the way that the weights distributed um yeah so those are my recommends 
Um, advice for the postpartum journey. Um, we've already kind of talked that, about that a little bit. Um, yeah, I think just being able to find the courage to say no. Or just maybe the courage, not even to say no, just the courage to ask for what you need. And maybe, maybe what you need is time just by yourself. Or maybe what you need is a close friend to come with you and you can delight in your baby together. Or maybe you need some time just you and your husband in bed just looking at your baby. Um, you know, or maybe you need some encouragement from friends. Or maybe you, maybe you need some time with your parents and, you know, what it, like, or you just need food delivered or like whatever you need. I think having the courage to ask for what you need is a big... It's a big thing and it's not something that you'll regret. I think it's something that you'll be really proud of yourself for doing um, when you look back. Um, and just just not, not worrying about what other people think. And I know it's easy to say that, but um, I think having courage to ask for what you need is the opposite of worrying about what other people will think. Um, other people are responsible for their own emotions and feelings and their own reactions and responses, you know, to you and your boundaries. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see, um, I'm excited to hear stories of, you know, people who have the courage to ask for what they need and, and then hearing about their postpartum journey and the fruit that that courage actually bore. Um, because I believe the fruit of asking for what you need and having courage is going to be an easier transition into motherhood, an easier transition into having another child. It's going to be a quicker healing. Um, it's going to be you feeling like yourself and more quickly. Um, letting go of expectations and feelings of obligation is is absolutely the path to freedom and joy. Um, obligation has no place in your heart has no place in um, the the lifestyle of a believer um, yeah so glory 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 thanks if you've got this far thanks for listening and um, yeah if you want to share it or subscribe or follow or rate this podcast that would be awesome bless you guys love you send me questions via instagram messenger awesome okay bye guys